Robots Radio presents Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. I'm not usually a hat fan, but wow. Maybe like a bear and dagger. I'm really sipping on that dumb bitch juice today. And, um... <laughs> yeah, I am. But you know what? Someday I just might grow out of that. But you, you will never stop being a jerk. All chocolate cakes are good. You're a fascist. It's hideous. It's horrible. It's home. Angry white boy, let's go! Hello, and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. The only podcast where the hosts can have such different tastes in movies and yet come together over one thing, which is bad movies. That's Simone LaRue. Aw, and that's Chad Echowitz. How nice. I know. You would think that bad movies would divide us all, that we would all have very different Mm -hmm. opinions. But you know what? I think a hundred episodes in, a hundred episodes in, we've realized that there is a community behind bad movies. It unifies us. Mm. I think this is what's missing. Yes. From like world politics. A hundred episodes in. Also, the thing that I still most enjoy about this podcast is that when I tell people that Mm. I have a podcast where I review bad movies, without exception, everyone has like, have you done this movie? (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which is great. Everyone has a bad movie that they just back, and it makes my heart so happy. <laughs> it's such a weird thing, is the human ability to love trash. You would think as mm. as, as, a, as a society where capitalism rules over us all, that efficiency and, yeah. like, you know, the most mm-hmm. good would always no. win out. But no, no, no. We are a bunch of trash pandas just running through that garbage can, and it's so beautiful. Sometimes something just touches your brain in the right way, mm-hmm. and you love it unconditionally. Absolutely. And and that's the beauty of being a human being. Um, but Simone, <laughs> congratulations. A hundred happy episodes. How nuts is 100 that? hundred episodes. Oh. Look at us. Who it's technically thought? been slightly more, but it's a hundred episodes of fresh tomatoes. Yes, it's a hundred. Um, yeah. I don't want to get this from like all of our listeners where they're just like, well, if you count the minisodes, we are excluding minisodes. We're excluding yes. when the podcast was, it's not that bad. It's just straight fresh yes. tomatoes, hundred episodes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Look at us. Who knew? We have watched over 200 movies for this podcast. That is sad, but also I'm proud of that fact. It's, you know, it's the same as what I imagine, like, people who climb mountains. It's just like, we understand, like, the ability and how amazing that is, but why would you do that to yourself? (laughs) (laughs) That is something we agree on. (laughs) So, Simone, we've done 100 episodes. Take me back to episode one. Where were you? Like, where were you in life? Oh, God, that's going to be very depressing. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I was actually, um, I was still, when we started um, when we started Fresh Tomatoes, I was actually still in this apartment, but I was still recording on my bedroom floor every single mm-hmm. week. Not like this year where I just record there some weeks because Rudy needs his study. Um, and gosh, I was... I was just starting a new job yes. that I was very excited about. Yes, you about. were. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, later that year, we did the Robots Radio Spooktacular, which was so fun. Mm-hmm. And we were that just really bright-eyed, good. bushy-tailed, excited to be part of a network, excited with our better, much more improved format compared to mm-hmm. our old podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, we were just these bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, movie-reviewing kids. Mm. Mm. I know I know exactly what you mean. I mean, yeah, I had just moved back in with my parents back then. And I was I remember when you told me about uh, Robots Radio and we were just in discussions with them. Mm-hmm. I was on my way to an exam in London 
um and 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 we were yes. discussing it then and I was like all right when I get back from these exams we can we can properly sit down with it so that's crazy that that was a hundred episodes ago I mean not to be fair not much has changed for me uh I'm still living with my parents <laughs> nothing just changed for me either I also have just started a new job yeah. <laughs> life is clearly very cyclical <laughs> Okay, so that was that's where we've been. Where do you want to be in a hundred episodes from now? So that is about two years from here. Okay, two years from here. Oh, I I don't mind if I'm like still in this apartment, but mm-hmm. I want to have at least had like enough disposable income to like renovate it a bit okay. and like update it and like I don't know. That would be cute. Or if we're in another apartment, then I would I would it would be cool if it was an apartment where I had my own study and my mm-hmm. own space to record in. That would be bomb. Mm-hmm. I would like to Oh, you know, I always say this whenever we talk about our future goals, but this time for real, maybe I'll have written a book. <laughs> that would be incredible. That would be great. That would be unbelievable. That would be very surprising. Yeah. And oh, I'd like for us to be making a profit off of this podcast. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Nothing wild. I mean, that I think nice. we have very cool followers and I like the qual- yeah. quality over quantity. Exactly. But yeah, it would be cool if we were making uh, some money, even if it just like paid for itself, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just to, just to kind yeah. of break even. Maybe maybe a couple dollars yeah. here or there that we can just be like, oh, exactly. this is nice podcast money that we can use to like develop merch or whatever. Exactly. And most importantly, uh, the key thing is just like that we're still having a good time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's ever not going to be the case I think I think the only situation where we're not having fun with this anymore and it's not because of the podcast itself it's because we have responsibilities and and that's if we have ever have kids I think it's just going to be an absolute (laughs) nightmare it's a ways off if ever oh yeah it's definitely not in the next hundred episodes I can assure you of that Uh, but I just want to... Oh, God, please. Please, God. (laughs) That is not going to happen. We're not going to put it out into the universe. But yes, I think think that is the only opportunity where this is going to turn into a bit of a schlep Mm. uh, is when Mm. we have to look after a small inconvenient thing that can't look after mm. itself like a lazy ass uh, and where else do you see us where do you see you in 100 episodes right so with myself uh you know the last the last year and a bit has kind of taught me to to lower my standards you know <laughs> <laughs> so i would be really really happy if i was with the same job Obviously, I would like mm. to be in a better position. I'd yes, like that to would be, be great. That would be amazing. I would like to be in a position where I am on my way to being a solicitor, uh, you know, uh-huh. on that track to becoming an actual real-life lawyer with the real lawyer cocaine. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Um, I want to definitely be in my own house. To be fair, if I'm not even in my own house uh, or apartment by the end of, like, the next six months, I'm really willing to just shoot myself. That's fine. No, um, Dad. <laughs> And then in terms of the podcast, the podcast, I'm a little bit more ambitious than you in, t- in terms of two years' time. I want to start be doing live shows in two, two years' time. Ooh, um, I don't know how the format would work, but I, I kind of want us to be discussing sort of how we're going to start going on tour, you know, even if it's mm. just sort of, you know, around South Africa. I don't mind, you know, traveling back to South Africa and we do it there, mm. or if both of us travel to LA and we do it there, you know, just maybe like one or two shows, see how it goes, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, Simone, with 100 episodes down, we decided to do uh, each other's sort of favorite movies that we ourselves kind of hate. Now, yes. the caveat being these aren't our actual favorite movies. They're just movies that we love that the other person hates. I know personally for me, I, I even after watching the movie, I don't understand why you love the, this movie. <laughs> how how do you feel? Do you feel the same way? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Long story short, I mean, we'll mm-hmm. get into it. But yes, I'm still like, uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting thing where we defend our own movies, um, which is going to be very, very interesting. It's going to be a mm. weird gatekeeping mm. exercise. We're going to fight. This is actually yeah. our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is no 100 episodes to come. Um, so, Simone, what movie uh, are you making me watch uh, this week? I have made you watch Moulin Rouge. Yes. And I hope that you watched it with an open heart and mind. Of course, of course. I wanted to give you that benefit because it would be mm. completely unfair to be just going yeah. in already hating it. Slating it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, we'll get into it. And then I made you watch Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. And I hope you extended the same courtesy to me. I, I did. I did. Good. I was there. I was well fed. Oh, good. That's relaxed. a good start. Okay. I was just showered. I'd gone for a long run. Nice. Wow. You were pretty much so, in the best possible mindset. Yes, I was in a great mood. I had a little glass of wine while I watched. Oh, very interesting. Very, very nice. Well, I appreciate the courtesy. That, that That's really nice. Um, but speaking of wine, what are you drinking today? Oh, that segue. I know. A hundred episodes in, you just get you oh, just get good at crushing it. I mean, you've always been like a natural at the segues, though. Let's be real, Chad. It's the only good thing about this podcast that I am good at. Like, that the no, rest is on you. No, that's not even true. You know, you're back. After a hundred episodes, your back must be so sore from carrying this podcast. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it right now. You madman. You know. You know. What are you what are you drinking? I am having a vodka lemonade. Oh, okay. When did you become a mid middle-aged suburban housewife? When I um we went to a barbecue spot mm-hmm. last weekend. It's like outdoors and it's in like a public park type thing. Okay. Um so technically, you're not allowed to bring alcohol. Oh, okay. So I made lemonade and chucked some vodka in there. Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> like they're like pretty okay with you having alcohol. You just can't be like super obvious about it, right? Mm, like you can't be mm. walking around like swigging from a wine bottle. <laughs> so I made a vodka lemonade. Nice. I had two of those in the sun, and I was out for the count. Ooh. I can imagine. And then, uh, yeah, we just had we've had leftover, and I thought, you know, what better time to have a delightful summery mm-hmm. beverage than on a cold Sunday <laughs> evening. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 27 degrees over here, so I'll push some of that warmth mm. to you. I mean, you can tell Please. when it's hot because of my shell shirt. Yes. That's that's when it's when it's hot out. I'm actually wearing shorts today, which is something that wow. I don't usually do. So I'll push that summer vibes towards you as well for, for those you. reasons. What I love, I love hearing the stories about your adventures on the weekends <laughs> and things, because you're just like living your best life, and it makes me so happy for you that you're like flourishing and doing these really cool things on the weekend but in all fairness i did absolutely nothing this weekend and it was incredible (laughs) can i just say like i was so happy rudy went out he was doing like a thing with people and i was like oh wait so i'm gonna have the whole house to myself for the whole day and he was like yes have a (laughs) and i did that sounds incredible sometimes you just need that weekend where you just do nothing I love being mm-hmm. alone sometimes, man. Oh, it's the best. It is, it is glorious. It is glorious. <sighs> Beautiful. That was going to be my gratitude, but so I'll discuss it more later. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. We can go into, yeah. we can go into yeah. detail. I am drinking Amaretto and Diet Coke. Um, it's sort of like a, it's just a very nice vanilla Coke flavor. It's kind of tasty. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, okay. What do you call this one? Uh, what do we call this one? I think we call this one... I feel like a fancy boy would eat, would drink it, or a fancy man. We can call it the fancy man. We can call it the fancy man, mm. or the dandy. <laughs> the dandy's candy. That's what we can call it. The dandy's candy. The dandy's candy, please. Because it's so sweet and delicious. Please, in 100 episodes, can we be releasing a cocktail book? Yes. Oh, my God. The Carol Ann and someone's drawn a beautiful picture of her. The dandy's candy. The, the middle-aged suburban oh. housewife, and it's just vodka lemonade. Perfect. 
Mm. Yes, yes. That will be our first piece of merch is a delicious cocktail cocktail book. Hey, are you worried about your privacy as you browse online? So are we. That's why we want to offer you a great deal with NordVPN, one of our sponsors. NordVPN is the best VPN if you're looking for peace of mind when you use public Wi-Fi, access personal and work accounts on the road, or if you want to keep your browsing history to your dang self. Currently, you can get a two-year plan with 68% off, so that's online security for $3.71 per month. You can get NordVPN today by following the link below, and we'll get a little bit of money if they know that we sent you, so please do use that link. That's NordVPN. Mm. Feeling it. <sighs> Excellent. Well, I don't know who starts first. I think vodka is stronger than amaretto. Sure. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to really breeze through the plot of this because I feel like everybody yes. knows it. And it's long. There's a lot that yeah. goes on. I mean, it's separated into, I think, like seven books in oh terms of God. the graphic novels. Christ. So. Scott Pilgrim, played by Michael Sarah, is your average 22-year-old dude. He's fresh out of maybe school, and he's not really sure what he's <laughs> doing with his life. He's between jobs. All he really has is his band called Sex of a Bomb, and they are pretty good. They just need to get off the ground. The band consists of Steven Stills, played by Mark Webber. Uh, young Neil is actually just kind of the roommate who watches everything, played by Johnny Simmons. <laughs> Kim Pine, played by Allison pill um yeah that's that's them yeah that's that's the band sick sick uh he also lives with his roommate wallace wells played by kieran culkin uh the two of them have to share a bed because the apartment's really small (laughs) and they are poor (laughs) uh scott has started dating a 17 year old (laughs) named knives chow played by ellen wong Everybody kind of gives him a really hard time for this, especially his sister, uh, played by Anna Kendrick. Uh, what's her name? Stacy. Mm-hmm. His sister Stacy, played by Anna Kendrick. Um, but he's like, no, like this is cool. This is nice, and it's really helping him get over his breakup with Envy Adams. Oh. <laughs> the super cool rock star, head of Clash of the Demon Head, played by the beautiful, the perfect, the incredible oh Brie Larson. I don't know how they got her for this. She is I mean, too hot in this movie. Like, I truly cannot handle it. Honestly, I think this was, like, my first sort of gamer girl crush of all time. Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. If she were my yeah. ex-girlfriend, I would die every day. Uh, <laughs> okay. Everything changes when he meets Ramona Flowers, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She is the ultimate manic pixie dream girl, and he falls mm-hmm. head over heels. The moment he kisses her, however, even though he's still dating knives, things get <laughs> weird. Uh, basically, now Scott has to battle all seven of her exes. <laughs> Including Matthew Patel, played by Satya Baba. Lucas Lee, skateboarder, played by Chris Evans. Trasha, no, Roxy Richter, played by Mae Whitman. The the Katyanagi twins. Yeah, the Katyanagi twins, and I can't find who plays them right now. It's fine, they're pretty othered uh, the whole movie, so Mm -hmm. might as well just leave them faceless anyway. And it finally, and like throughout all the battles, he's also like breaking up with Knives. Knives is really upset. He's trying to make things work with Ramona. He realizes that she has commitment issues and he has issues. And it all culminates in his final battle with Gideon Graves, played by Jason Schwartzman. During this battle, he realizes that he needs to respect himself and like himself. And 
Like, in a meta way, he does that. And then at the end, Knives realizes, actually, she's way too good <laughs> for um, Scott, which she's right about. And he's like, no, Ramona, let me go with you. I'm going to stick this out. And she's like, cool, someone wants to stick it out with me. The end. The end. So what is your clip hanger? Oh, I mean, it's obviously this. I mean, it's not. It's just the comic book is better than the movie. Hello. Scott! Let it go. Don't worry, I know what I'm doing. Steven, the new lineup rocks. You guys sound way better without me. Young Neil, you have learned well. From this point forward, you will be known as Neil. And Kim? I'm sorry about everything. I'm sorry about me. Scott Pilgrim! Hey, buddy! Save it! You're pretentious. This club sucks. I've got beef. Let's do it. Wait, 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 wait. You want to fight me? For her? No. I want to fight you for me. Scott earned the power of self-respect. Um. That is a, that is just fun. That is great. Yeah, yeah, that whole that whole little scene, even where he like says the stuff beforehand and whatever, or mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, "I'm not fighting for her. I'm fighting, fighting for, for me. me." Yeah. It's cute, actually. It's really nice. You know, I feel like if there hadn't been like any character growth or change mm-hmm. through this movie, it would just be really vapid and really stupid. Yeah, yeah. But what makes this movie interesting and different is the fact that, like, he's going through, like, ups and downs with Ramona, and mm. Ramona's not perfect. She has, like, issues of her own with relationships and stuff um, that the two of them kind of decide that they want to work through together at mm-hmm. the end, which is really nice. No, it's a cute movie. I think, you know, I haven't watched this movie in years because there was a stage where I was kind of watching it almost every weekend. I was completely mm. obsessed mm. with this movie for a very long time because I just love the music, I love the grunge of it all. It was just really, really cool. And of course, Brie Larson. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, so so I got kind of really, really sick of it. And watching it again now, I'm sort of like, okay, I can see where this is cringe, but I also just mm. really enjoy it for its meta <laughs> jokes because I think you described it perfectly. It's just cute. It is a really yeah. cute movie where, you know, this guy, he's just kind of bumbling through his early 20s, which, let's be fair, all of us mm-hmm. are. Um, you know, God. he's he's left a, a series of broken hearts in his way, and he's just mm. complicated, and he's fucked everything up. And, yeah, it's just, it's it's funny, it's cute, it kind of, like, speaks to the millennial ideals. You know, there's those scenes where that one guy's talking, and he's just like, oh, yeah, um, you have to see them live, or it's, uh, it, the, the comic book's way better. And it's sort of like that yeah. millennial gatekeeping that we've all kind come to know and love over the over the last 20 years and and yeah it's just it's perfectly summarized in what you said being cute yeah i i mean yeah i i liked um the visuals of it Mm -hmm. i thought like obviously the colors and the graphics and all the little easter eggs in there Mm -hmm. very cool the jokes about being vegan i think Uh. were maybe really funny back in 2010 (laughs) and it's less so now because like there are so many more people (laughs) and being vegan is like so much more accessible now exactly but yeah no like i i can see why people enjoy this movie Mm -hmm. i think it's still not for me so why is it still not for you that's what i want to know i think this movie here i'll tell you because it's fun (laughs) it's a fun movie it's perfectly acceptable Mm -hmm. i think this movie also though just has like this cloying need to be liked yes you actually you make a very good point like it's trying so hard it's like aren't we cool aren't we cool Mm -hmm. aren't we we're so self-aware we're so interesting we're so funny the dialogue is so quick isn't it cool we have Michael Sarah. We have Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's got different hair colors. <laughs> like, 
And by the end, you're exhausted. You're like, yeah, yeah, you're mm-hmm. cool. Fine. Fuck it. Like, ah. <laughs> Back yeah. off. It is a bit of a pick me in that re- in that regard. You you yeah, do have a very it's... good point. And and yeah, I got to agree with you that I think, you know, it, it, in terms of sort of the uh, source material, it's really really on on point. Like the source material does the pretty much the identical thing of of just being like look how cool we are, but it is still yeah. really amusing and everything. And I think it is a very niche thing this movie in that respect. I think it's it's you can tell as well with the the film though it's very cool in the fact that Edgar Wright directed it and Edgar yeah. Wright put his own little spin on it to make it really yeah. comedic gold because he's very good yeah. at sort of making visual I think, comedy. I think if a lesser director had yes. handled it, it would have been way worse. Mm. I think you know yeah. he added a level of like you said charm and wit and fun to it, right? Like he really mm-hmm. highlighted the fact that this is an ultimately kind of ridiculous <laughs> premise. Yeah, I, I think he handled it really well. I just, I just don't think I'm a Scott Pilgrim fan. <laughs> Look, I like this movie because of the music. I like the movie because of the visuals. And it's also just really mm. fun to see all these massive actors before they became big. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got Chris Evans in there, Chris who's just Evans. kind of fucking around still. Yeah. And then you've got Brie Larson, who this is before she's done like Room or, you know, yeah. she's been Miss Marvel. Like she is still small fry in this and she just kills <sighs> it. And then you've got you've got Audrey Audrey Plaza in this yeah. as well. Fuck me and Being Anna so Kendrick. Funny. Yeah, you yeah. Know, no, like... it's actually I was like, wow, this is a full on star studded cast. Yeah, I mentioned this as well. Sorry, this is a slight mm, deviation. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Asian characters in this got really othered. Yeah, not great, was <laughs> like, it? Do do the do the twins speak at all? No, no. No, they just like do a set and get defeated and die, and that's it. Yeah. And literally, all the other villains get monologues. Yeah, that's that's it. It's it's pretty similar in the book to be fair. There's not much there's not much from the for the Asian community and in this. I feel like this is like the exact same thing happened in Ready Player One. Like the yeah. exact same thing. There were two Japanese twins that he made friends with and yeah. They were they just talked about honor if they talked at all. <laughs> it's the very much the 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 sort of you, you, you know gamer boy fantasy trope. You know you've got the pixie yeah. a man and pixie dream girl is your girlfriend, and then Asians are just hot. That's just the general rule. All Asians are hot. Yeah. You know rule number yeah. one of being then, a gamer boy. Also, just didn't love Scott dating a seventeen year old. It's inherently creepy, <laughs> and right. I feel like people don't point that out enough. Like everyone's like, "Oh, okay, he's dating a seventeen year old," and mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, we've just held hands." It's like it's still creepy, still, dude. Still really, still creepy. weird. Yeah, still I must, really I, I must admit, up. and this is a very teachable moment for me, is that throughout my watchings of this movie up until this point, I've always not understood why that was a problem because <laughs> it's like a five year age difference. I didn't really get it, and now in my wisdom at twenty seven years old, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that is fucking creepy." Creepy. So of course weird. I should have seen this a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So so it is it is a great way to open the movie, but they don't focus enough on the fact that he is a creep. Uh and essentially that is pedophilia, right? Mm. Yeah. So so yikes on bikes. I mean, it's also the fact that he's very self-aware with, about it. Like, he's got that scene with Anna Kendrick where they're talking about it. And she, she, he's like, oh, and she goes to a Catholic school with the outfit and everything. And she's like, you're you're disgusting. And it's like, and he's just like, I know. And it's like, well, you have a problem. I love, and like, literally all the women who know him are like, you are disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of yeah. them. Um, but the yeah, the actress who plays Knives Chow is actually really cool. Like I think she nails it. Yeah, she's she cool. she does such a great job yeah. with this. You know, there's there's such funny bits from her that I that I absolutely adore. You know, there's that bit where yeah, no, she's she's yeah, lovely. Yeah, and she she does kill it. And and I mean, everyone in this movie actually kills it. Like they do a really good job of sort of like really yeah. embracing the irony. Chris Evans playing a parody of his future self <laughs> was 
such a highlight. All of them being a parody of their their, their future selves is great. You know, <laughs> Brie Larson just being this like strong, independent woman who just kicks ass. Oh my god, her, her sexy whisper Honestly, voice just does something to me, right? Brie, I am not even Stop like it. I'm like full straight, but I don't know, I don't mm. know. <laughs> for that, Brie for... Larson's moving the needle on that. <laughs> In this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great that way. Um, I do enjoy also the fight scenes in this. I thought the fight scenes were really well choreographed yes. as well, which was which was good to see. You know, sometimes it can go a bit awry, especially from a director who doesn't really do fight scenes that much. I mean, Edgar Wright, he does yeah. more sort of like car chases and things. That's his kind of vibe. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he did a stunning job in this. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, scene that could have saved it? I think I probably would have enjoyed this movie slightly more if Scott had any redeeming qualities. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Like, I like that, you know, he does go through some character growth mm-hmm. and he realizes that he needs to, like, work on himself yeah. and, like, you know, uh, stop feeling sorry for himself all the time. I don't know if he realizes that. Yeah. But you're also just like, like, why am I rooting for this insanely mediocre man <laughs> who's clearly not that nice? Like, the women in his life don't like no. him. I mean, to be fair. And, like, actively are like, please don't hit on my friend. (laughs) To be fair, Simone, I think the biography of the history of modern cinema could be, why am I rooting for this middle, uh, this this mediocre white guy? No, that's true. That's true. But yeah, no, you, you're you're very right. It would have been cool if he, yeah, he had something redeeming about him. I like. mean, because also then you don't really know like why Ramona likes him. Yeah, because she's so like much cooler. she's really cool. Yeah, yeah, she's so much and better interesting than him in every way. Yeah, and Knives is also like really cool and interesting. I mean, she's just a baby, but it's just like <laughs> why, why this man? <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes very little sense. Like Michael Sierra isn't even that attractive. Like not not saying that that's the main thing, but no. you know if he's got a really shitty personality, you can kind of forgive him if he was like dead gorgeous. But he's just like yeah, like fumbling. I mean, if he were like really kind or interesting or mm-hmm. funny, like I could get it. But he's none of those things. <laughs> The movie do- goes out of its way to point yeah. out that he's none of those things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think it sort of speaks to my scene that could have saved it as well in the fact that okay. um, sort of I just don't want them to be together at the end. I don't think, you know, mm. or, or like even if they did get together, they just took it really slow because this is sort of like the ending is sort of like um, Scott Pilgrim just like goes off with Ramona. They like, t- disappear into the universe together and just like live a happy life. It would have been great if they were just like, well, you know, we should probably take it slow, right? Because, you know, this has just been a really fucking intense couple days. Yeah. And I think we just need to breathe, evaluate what we want from this relationship going forward so that I don't turn into an evil ex. You know, I want us to have, you know, if we do split in the future, I want it to be very amicable. So take it slow. I'll stay in Canada. You go do your thing. We'll keep in touch. Long distance, maybe, you know, uh, and, and go from there. Yeah. No, totally. I think he, you know, he needed to work on himself a lot. Mm. Definitely, definitely. Well, would you watch it again? <laughs> I would, but let me tell you why. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, besides just for besides just for Brie Larson, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh my god, oh my god, Brie. Uh, when I uh, asked Rudy if he wanted to watch this with me because he really likes the movie, nice. He was like, oh fuck no, and I didn't realize he was joking. Oh okay. Uh, which is on him. It's actually <laughs> on him. <laughs> Like, you can't be a sarcastic asshole all the time and, like, be surprised when people take you at your word. Yeah, um, straight up. So I watched it without him, and when I told him that I'd watched it, he was, like, devastated. Oh, I, bl- and I, was I can like, imagine. I mean, again, I don't feel that sorry for you, but, like, I'll watch it again with him at That's some really point. cute. I, I think that's so lovely that he was so upset about it. Maybe it's just, like, a dude's movie then, just because, like... 
you know, if if, if Rudy loves it yeah. as well, like no, but I know a lot of girls who yeah. liked it. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, you yeah. haven't seen Jurassic Park yet, and I mean, so so maybe this is on you. <laughs> maybe this is a you thing. Um. <laughs> yes, this all goes back to my not watching Jurassic. Look, there Park. has to be something to explain this, Simone. I can't understand the logic behind mm. you. But yes, obviously I would watch this again. It's a, it's a, it's a perfectly charming film. Like you said, uh, the whole Brie Larson of it all. I think after our uh, cocktail book comes out, the next piece of merch that we do is just like a mm. horny uh, compilation. So it's like all of our favorite horny people from... <laughs> woman Crush not Wednesday. Even, not even Brie just Larson. a Woman Crush Wednesday. So we do like Javier Bardem. We do Brie Larson in this. Just like mm. uh, Gary Oldman in anything because apparently that's our thing. We just love that vibe, you know? <laughs> Michael Sheen, but only Michael Sheen in Underworld. Yes. That's his sexiest. That's his, that's his primo sexy sexy. Uh, Jamon Hansu. <laughs> in anything because that man oh man him in barbershop i was thinking about this the other day i don't know why it came into my head but him in barbershop there's that scene where him and uh, queen latifah have like a really like intimate sex scene Mm. and i'm just like jimon jimon stop it you beautiful man i don't know why it came into my head i haven't seen barbershop in about five years he's got a very sensual vibe to him yeah he's really good with candles like we'll just put it that way uh-huh. interesting i actually was talking to my colleagues this week mm-hmm. and we were, javier bardem came up mm-hmm. and someone was like ah oh, but he was like quite creepy in the latest parts of the cure <laughs> like, he wasn't that creepy like he could still get it <laughs> said that at work <laughs> and you're still employed that's amazing that's really good for like the next 100 <laughs> my episodes co-workers just realized like how horny i am <laughs> Look, the earlier they know, the better I think. You know, it's, it's <laughs> going to be far better. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, if it wasn't going to be a huge HR nightmare, I think that should be an interview question as well. It's just like, who's, mm. who, who, who makes you the horniest from creepy movies? What is, what is your mind? It'll reveal some things. Oh, it would. It would indeed. Well, thank you so much for watching that, Simone. I do appreciate that you that you went through it with an open mind and that you, you had some very nice things to say about it. That made me very, very happy. Nice. <laughs> Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Right, shall I tell you about Moulin Rouge? <laughs> I wish you would. Okay. So, again, I didn't, do, like, I can skim over most of this um, this plot because it's mostly just songs. Yeah, no, you can just give right. the cliff notes. I've watched this a hundred <laughs> times. I know what happens. <laughs> I literally didn't even watch it this weekend. No I was like, I've seen it enough. Wow. Okay. I know what happens. <laughs> so, Christian, played by Ewan McGregor, is a poor young writer wandering the streets of Paris looking for a job. He is a young romantic who writes beautiful poetry and just wants to share his stories of love with the world. 
He leases a room across from the Moulin Rouge, which is a saucy den of ill repute for where women dance for money and the rich of Paris come to ogle and grope. One day, an unconscious Argentinian, played by Jacek Koeman, falls through his ceiling. That's when Toulouse-Lautrec, played by John Leguizamo, uh, bursts into Christian's room and tells him that they are rehearsing a play upstairs. Christian tells them that he is a writer, so Toulouse invites him to come up and join them. Almost immediately, Christian impresses them with his writing, and they hire him to be the writer of their new play. The problem is, they don't actually have a venue in which to show the new play once it's been written. Toulouse has an idea to go over to the Moulin Rouge with Christian, have him schmooze the important people over there, and get the, book, uh, and get the play booked in the roster. Over at the Moulin Rouge, the owner, Harold Zidler, played by Jim Broadbent, has a different plan. A very rich and powerful duke has just rolled into town and Zidler wants the duke to invest in the Moulin Rouge, turning it into a real theatre where they do real shows instead of this, this den of filth. So, Zidler asks the top sex worker, Satine, played by Nicole, Kenman, uh, Nicole Kidman, to woo the duke, who is played by Richard Roxburgh, and get him to invest. Obviously, shenanigans ensue. Satine makes, uh, mistakes Christian for the duke, and Christian uh, believes that he is going for a business meeting with Satine to try and get her interested in the play. While Satine is trying to get Christian to have sex with her, he is fumbling through some poetry, trying to get her to listen. Eventually, he just bursts into song about how wonderful life is. Now she's in the world. Uh, they immediately fall in love. Zidler bursts into the room with the Duke, and now Satine has to make up a story to explain the situation. With the help of Christian and Toulouse, they say that she and Christian were her rehearsing the new play that is to be staged at the Moulin Rouge. The Duke believes them, and now Zidler has to put on Christian's play. The majority of the movie is basically Christian and Satine falling more and more in love, while coming up with inventive ways to avoid the Duke. We also find out that Satine has TB, and she is dying, but neither she nor anyone else apart from Zidler knows this. Eventually, the Duke starts to cotton on that they're sneaking around, and says to Zidler that if Christian does not disappear, he will have him killed. Zidler tells Satine about this, and tells her to break his heart so he will leave. She does so, not only because she doesn't want to hurt him in the long run, but because she knows that when she has sex with the Duke, it will drive Christian mad. He then does indeed go mad with grief. Satin is miserable because she now has to have her li uh, has to live her life with the Duke. On the opening night of the play, Christian comes back to confront Satine, and Satine tries to get him to leave so he doesn't get killed, but it is no use. Luckily, the assassin gets knocked out before he can kill Christian, and the two lovers start to run away together. That's when Satine finally succumbs to her TB and dies. The end of the movie is basically Christian is saying that it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. The end. The end, Chad. I'm desperate to know what cliffhanger you've chosen today. So it has to be this one. A life without love, that's terrible. No, being on the street, that's terrible. No, <laughs> love is like oxygen. What? Love is a many splendid thing. What? Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love. Please don't start that again. All what? you need is love. A girl has got to eat. All you need is love. She'll end up on the street. All you need <laughs> is love. Love is just a game. I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. The only way of loving me, baby, is to pay a lovely fee. Just one night. Just one night. There's no way, because you can't pay. In the name of love. <laughs> one night in the name of love. Don't leave me this way. 
I can't survive without your sweet love. Oh, baby, don't leave me this way. You think that people would have had enough of silly love songs? I look around me and I see it isn't so. Which is the time where Ewan McGregor climbs up onto the elephant and he starts giving his speech mm. again about how love is all you need, blah blah blah. And and uh, Nicole Kidman's like, "Oh, don't start this again." And I was like, "Yes, don't start this again." Um, so you chose for me a movie on one of the genres that I hate the most in this world, which is musicals that don't come up with original music, but use... jukebox musicals. Yeah, not my vibe. And apart from that. I did kind of enjoy it. It was lovely in moments. Um. <laughs> Which moments, Jack? <laughs> I could not look more smug yeah. right now if I tried. <laughs> so I think John Broadbent is an incredible actor. He kills this part. Like, Ugh. look, Ugh. this movie, I think you've got to go into it knowing that it is OTT, and that's the point of it. It is a yeah. Baz Luhrmann movie. And so everything is just crazy colors, crazy energy, and crazy acting. And you got to approach it from that angle. There's a great podcast called Musical Splaining with Lindsay Ellis. Um, and they do uh, an episode uh-huh. on Moulin Rouge. And one of the nice takeaways that I liked from their episode on Moulin Rouge was that there is not an ounce of cynicism in this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good point, actually. Yeah, it is. Look, you can tell that the actors are being very sincere with it. And, and that kind of talks to its yeah. gen- genuineness. Um, I think it's also really nice that it, you get to see sort of Baz Luhrmann in his early days. You know, oh, this is it baby is Baz, Baz. Luhrmanniest. Yeah, this is this is really early Baz, baby Baz, where he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna use that increased speed thing for songs and shit. I'm gonna use wacky sound effects. Everything needs to be coloured up to the nines. I don't want use a anything." Fat Boy Slim song and a Nirvana song. Oh man, he loves that stuff. The reason I don't like it, like I said, is jukebox mm. musicals. Um, you know, yeah. I don't believe you should be a musical if you can't come up with your own music. Uh, maybe that's just my pious opinion on things, but yeah. Um, and then to also just like speak those lyrics is kind of just, uh, it's like lazy writing for me. I just feel like you're just kind of going copy like either speak or sing. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Or if, even if it's an original song, sort of like Les Mis, they do nothing but sing, even when they're having a normal conversation. And that's fine because it's original. Um, with this, like, Ewan McGregor can't stop talking about how love is all you need, love lifts us up where we belong, and I'm just like, dog, that's not writing, that's copy-pasting. <laughs> okay, so your problem with this is that it's A, a jukebox musical, and B, the singing is partly gi- diagenic. Yeah, basically, basically. Look, it's a love story, okay. and you know me, I'm a huge love story yeah. fan, and I think... Yes, and, uh, this is why I was shocked that you didn't like this movie. Yeah, it's just the, it's the copy-paste of it all, really. Um, but you know what I really enjoyed about it, and, and I didn't, I've never actually watched this movie all the way to the end, so this is my first ever oh. full, complete watching, wow. is the fact that it was a sad ending. I don't, you yeah, know me. Yeah, they don't get to be together. Yeah, exactly, and, and you know me, like, I love a good sad ending. I don't think there's enough tragedy yeah. in modern storytelling, so this was great. I love the fact that they didn't get together in the end because she, you know she dies and everything it's it's kind of lovely you know 
And they set that up very early. Oh, like yeah. she literally, the first scene you're introduced to her, she like passes out because her lungs just can't handle the amount of singing that she's exactly. doing. Exactly, which, which I mean, completely makes sense. Um, you know, you can't really sing with TB lung. Uh, and, dance, and dance and like <laughs> do a costume change in the middle of a fucking... Can we just say also, like the performances in this were... Mm-hmm. Yes. Incredible. Um, yes. I think that, yeah, the Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend scene are, is, like, still, like, few things make me smile as brightly or bring me <laughs> as much joy. Like, it's just, like, so full of, like, life and energy. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the Roxanne scene is... Oh, my God. Emotional. That tango Jesus. they dance, the choreography. The, yeah, ugh. no, I completely <sighs> agree with you. That was so mm. beautiful. I think that was my favorite song of the whole musical is the, the Roxanne thing. Mm. Um, you know, the guy who who sings that song, he's just got like this really nice mm. visceral just, voice uh, and it's just beautiful. Yeah, like deep. Yeah, mm, mm, I mm. feel that. What's, mm. Is that your favorite song as and well? And then of course, always Jim Broadbent singing The Show Must Go On breaks my heart every time. Quite sad. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So what would you say is your favorite song then? Why would you do this? <laughs> um, it's probably it's probably it's probably Roxanne or like the opening, mm-hmm. um, the first like scene where they're in the Moulin Rouge mm-hmm. and there's like that whole big long mashup and then culminates in Diamonds Are a Girl's Best mm-hmm. Friend. Just like it's so fun. It's, fun. it's so fun. It just gets you in such a good mood. Like it's it's lovely. So is that? I yeah. I, I don't care too much for Come What May, which I think is the only original. I think you're right. Song in yes. This. Yes. What like is there anything else you don't like about this, or just like you're not a jukebox musical guy? You don't like diegetic singing. I think it's also just like it was just really, really intense. Like I feel very overwhelmed by this movie in in the sense mm. that you know it's it's just very all in your face, nonstop the whole time. Yeah, and you you physically have to catch your breath with it, but not in like the good yeah. way. You know, it's, it's you don't get a break. No, you know, you don't. It's it's sort of like when you were younger as a kid, and like your parents go away for the weekend or something, and you just eat candy the whole time, and you're yeah. like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Oh wait, no, it's not. I'm about to die and throw up and just crash. <laughs> I need a vegetable ASAP. Yes. Actually, <laughs> exactly. Um, and and that's how I felt about this movie. It's great. And it's great, and it's great, and oh my god, it's too much greatness, and it's too much everything, and colors, and oh, I'm gonna throw up. So that's that's kind of why. So, but why for you do you love it? Like, what is the reason that you are so attached to this movie? I mean, I can see. I don't know. I just, I really, I, I think I watched this as at like a formative age. I think like a lot of um, mm-hmm. teen gals, I watched this young, and I just <laughs> like the whole aesthetic. Everything about it. Mm-hmm. It's so tragic. It's so beautiful. The music. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. it, it hooked my brain in the right way. Uh, it's like Phantom of the Opera. Is it a good movie? The Joel Schumacher <laughs> one? Is it a good movie? No. Uh, does it make me feel like a uh, angsty 13-year-old every time I see it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it does. So I think oh, at yeah. this point, it's like a lot of nostalgia, but also like it's a really enjoyable mu- movie. It's like really well done. The cast is in it. Mm-hmm. The music's fun. The choreography and visuals are all beautiful. Like it's just a great, oh, yeah. entertaining movie. And again, for someone who like loves love as much as you do, I was so shocked that you didn't like this one, which is literally yeah, it's all about loving love. I mean, if you if 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 you know, this goes into my my scene that could have saved it. But I think if huh. if it had just been like a, a spoken word story of this beautiful young writer who's just trying his best to, mm-hmm. you know, go through life and like trying to make money, and he falls in love with this courtesan, great great story. But but isn't that just Scott Pilgrim? Ooh, 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 ooh. 
then yes. Well, that's why I, I guess I like Scott Pilgrim. It's it's the same kind of thing. Because they don't sing about it too much. <laughs> they don't steal other people's songs, except for when they're in doing the band scenes, in which case it's lots yeah, like, of stealing of songs. But yeah, so... so interesting. Yeah. Look, Ewan McGregor and I... You know, he he could have been me in this movie. Just this wide-eyed, innocent man who just thinks love <sighs> so can conquer all. You know, and and then he just gets his 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 heart bashed in with like repeatedly, and he just pulls what it movie? off. A young Ewan McGregor, fucking Ugh. hell. Ugh. Could his eyes be any bigger now? Right, and um, it, like he sings. And it's so also beautiful. like. It's so nice that he 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 knows that Satine loves him before mm. she dies. Yeah. Like he knows that she wanted to be with him. Like that's really nice. Yeah, I think I, that that's beautiful. Like he he works, he, he he walks away from the whole experience just being like, yeah, okay, I I, I can I can get on Ooh, with this. That was rough. What? No, just that he walks away from that experience being like, Whew. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Oh bless him! Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's just one of those complicated ones. I think if Baz Luhrmann had re- had to redo the movie now, I think I would appreciate mm. it a bit more. Maybe you know a yeah. little bit of a. Karma. It would probably be a bit more subdued. Yeah, bit of a karma, older Baz coming at this again. I would I would be a massive fan. But yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess what's your scene that could have saved this one? I don't have one. It's I've got no notes. It's perfect in every way. She says. Yeah, no notes, <laughs> and I stand by that. Look, that's fair enough. You know, this is this is your die-hard <laughs> movie. You can you can die on that hill, and that's fine. Like that's your vibe. And obviously, you know, my scene that could have saved it. Just if you're gonna do songs, make them original. Simple, simple as that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making this movie solely bear the brunt of your hate for jukebox musicals. So wait, you don't like Mamma Mia? I hate Mamma Mia. Can't stand it. And then they put then they put Amanda Seyfried in it. So you're so weird. You're so weird. Okay. Uh, and then Rock of Ages <laughs> obviously was a no for you. Yes. I mean, we 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 already discussed that one. Mm. Um, in in terms of we've we've. We've done that one before, yeah. um, and and that was a complete disaster for me. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, I can't think of any other jukebox musicals that I that I've seen that I don't enjoy. But it's probably all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. And so that is my scene that could have saved it. Just come up with original songs. You have such a great cast. It's clear that the money would mm-hmm. be there mm-hmm. to write a good musical, and you don't. And you don't. Damn. Yeah. Uh, would you watch it again? Obviously. Obviously, in a heartbeat, I'd watch Obviously. it right now. But um, I just. Yeah. I used to have the soundtrack downloaded and I used to listen to oh, it all the time. And... That's great. That is great. Look, they are good covers. I will give you that. You know, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's fair. It is, it is a bomb, bomb covers. Simple so as that. So did you hate Glee? Fuck. No, I didn't. Oh, yes. Ah, you found me. You, 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 you outed me in front of everyone. I hope you're happy. Glee, but the difference with Glee is, I'm gonna try and justify it <laughs> oh, in the most loyally like, way I can. No, because the songs weren't totally non-diagenic. Like sometimes they're very much singing at each other. Yeah, yeah. Why are you doing this? Like I don't understand. Like why you can't just let me like let me have one thing? Like is this? Do you find joy <laughs> in doing this? I'm wondering. Just because I know you like musicals, so like I feel like there has to be exceptions here. Because I know, I know. You love it when people burst into song. Of course. I wish we more, like, all of us did that more, you know? I, I wish that normal life was just us bursting mm. into song at any point in time. 
But alas, it is not. But at least, like, I make it original songs. That's what I'm saying, you know? If, if we had a podcast song, right? you know, it would be original. We wouldn't be like, oh, let's steal... I don't know. What 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 could we steal from from podcasts? I don't I don't know. I didn't think this Girl, one through. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would not watch this again. I don't think Simone. I think I would I I would have to be, you know, cajoled quite severely into watching this again, you know. There's there's other Buzz Bazzman films that I much prefer and, you know, we we've, we've done The Great Gatsby on this, so mm. that is one of them. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, well done, Chad. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Simone. This has been an interesting 100th episode. Can you believe it? 100 episodes. We've done yeah. it. How crazy. I, I can, actually. <laughs> it has just been the most fun to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I'm glad we got that out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what is your... You've, you already started speaking about your gratitude. So why don't you tell mm. us a little bit more about your weekend at home? No. I just, I just love, like, the ability to, like, be alone and how much I like being alone mm. and, like... um. You know, yeah, I'm just really grateful to have that time to have a partner who, like, understands that that's something that I need Mm -hmm. (laughs) and is very nice about it. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, I just had a great day all by myself. It was so, so nice. What did you, talk talk me me through your day. I went for a nice long run. Uh And it was, like, a beautiful sunny winter morning, so not too hot. Came back, had a really nice shower, went to the shops, came back home. I made myself a really lovely lunch. I baked some aubergine, uh, had a nice crusty bread. It was very tasty. I had a little glass of wine, watched uh, Scott Pilgrim, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Took the dog for a nice long walk, came back. Oh, I baked cookies. That wow! And then I had some cookies while I watched another. It was so nice. That sounds incredible. Like it sounds like you really like had the best day for this kind of thing. Yeah. That that genuinely like you sound like you're like living your best life when you when you have like your own days. Just you know really soaking up every Thanks. moment as as much as you could. Mm. That's really beautiful. I'm 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 so happy. Thanks. No, oh, that's so Thanks. wonderful. What's your gratitude? My gratitude, uh, gratitude. That's a weird uh-huh. way to put it. Good <laughs> My gratitude, and I mean, you did this gratitude, I think, about a year ago. Uh, and and as a newer vegetarian, I have to now second that, especially nowadays. I went out to a restaurant on Monday evening, and I had vegan ribs. Oh, my God. And it was like being born again. It was so tasty. <laughs> Since I've gone vegetarian, like, all I've wanted was vegan was was ribs like i've been dying Mm -hmm. for a good plate of ribs and my friend told me that this restaurant is doing it does ribs now so i was like okay we're going there obviously we're going there and uh and we went and they were honestly so good it was short ribs and they tasted like ribs they had the seasoning they had the flavor they had the consistency it was just Mm. honestly so perfect and i couldn't couldn't have been happier with that and, you know, like you said about a year ago, it's just been, it's, it's... No, I think we only talked about this a couple weeks really? ago. Really? I thought it was longer. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everything feels longer, That's also but... true. Um, but I, yeah, I just yeah. thought, I just thought it was so great to, to, to see how much things are progressing and, and what they're coming up with. And, you know, there is no real reason to necessarily eat meat anymore when you have all these great alternatives. Yeah, it's really, it's so much easier for people who are even trying to just, like, cut down yeah. on their meat intake. And um, I know that we talk about it a lot <laughs> on the show. We're not trying to punt it or anything. It's just, like, it's really cool 
it's really cool, like, how much easier it's Yeah, gotten. exactly, exactly. Like, we, we don't hold it against anyone, you know, if you do eat meat, yeah. and we're not going to be like, get out of here, stop listening to our podcast. Like, you eat meat, that's yeah. fine, like, whatever. We just chose not to. It's not a big deal. Live your life. I very rarely have to, like, um, if friends organize dinner at a restaurant, mm-hmm. it used to be back in the day, I'd be like, hey, there's actually nothing yeah. to eat at that restaurant. Could we pick somewhere else? <laughs> um, and I, I never have to do no, that. No, it's anymore. incredible. I think... In the last six months that I've done, gone vegetarian, like there was only one restaurant that I couldn't go to or, or there was only mm. one thing on that menu. You know, I, everywhere else just is so yeah. accommodating. And even the stuff you get at home is just Delicious. awesome. You're not stuck yeah. eating vegetables anymore. Like you can, yeah, there's you just great You can live an unhealthy lifestyle plant-based, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not as, it's not as yeah. healthy as everyone thinks I had is. a veggie no. burger that bled the other day. It freaked me the no fuck ways. out. No ways. That must have been so weird. It was so weird. I was like, <gasps> why would I want something that bleeds? That's like a, that's a proper like metal yeah. kind of person who wants that fucking delicious though, let me tell you. Oh yeah? <laughs> and I checked, it wasn't beef. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the company that did it? No, I don't. No, okay. <laughs> I got it at Checkers. I don't know. I just, I love, like, with the vegan and vegetarian community around me, like, I love just, like, sharing yeah, the yeah, brands yeah. that are really good. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oomph burger, amazing. Ooh. Don't trust these person's peanut burgers, they're shit. And it's it's good to have that, like, mm-hmm. you know, ability to network yeah. with the other, you know, vegetarian yeah. and vegan community around you, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, Simone, what are we going to do next week? So, next week is the, um, I think this episode will come out, like, the final week of Pride. Mm-hmm. So, we're getting our special guest in, a return guest, our dear friend, Confess a Murder. Oh, yes. I'm very excited. Oh, I'm super excited. So She's crushing it at the moment. She's amazing. Uh-huh. And we are going to be yeah. covering two uh, LGBTQ movies that did not do that great. We're still picking the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm literally talking to her about it like, oh, right. right now okay. on my phone. But, but... Uh, we're definitely going to cover Stonewall and why it was so bad. Wow, that is that is a big yeah. movie to cover. Yeah, so I think what's going to be really cool about this episode, guys, is we are going to be covering, like, bad movies, but it's kind of cool to discuss, like, representation mm-hmm. and, like, what makes good representation, what makes bad representation, yeah. and why it's important. Like, I think it's I think it's going to be a really interesting episode. Mm-hmm. Confess is going to guide us through it because we, we are st- we're always still learning. Absolutely. We don't know everything. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely going to bone up on my Stonewall knowledge, which uh, is probably necessary. There's a great podcast out there, and I'll, I'll recommend it for everyone who listens to this podcast. Mm. Uh, there's a great episode on the podcast called You're Wrong About, and it's an episode called uh, You're Wrong About Stonewall, and it actually goes through like exactly what happened during Stonewall and everything, and it's a very, very good yeah. episode because both yep. uh, hosts are L- uh, part of the LGBTQ community, so it's like quite personal to them as well. And yeah, it's a really good episode, but definitely, definitely catch up on your Stonewall because what you think happened did not happen. No, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely not. Um, and there are two other choices. Both are rough, <laughs> <laughs> but we will, we will persevere through it. Right. Uh, and we'll just leave that as a fun surprise. So, so for you guys. TBD. That's that's very exciting. Mm, mm. <laughs> Okay, well, how exciting. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. You guys are the best. It's been a 100 episodes of this podcast, a couple, of, you know, tens of episodes of the other podcast, thousands of minisodes, it feels like. And you've stuck by it through us. Uh, you've stuck with us through it all. And we couldn't be more proud and happy of this little community that we created. And here's to 100 more 100 and then 100 more. after that and so on and so forth. 
And if you want to reach out to us to congratulate us on 100 episodes, if you have any ideas for the next 100 episodes, where do you want to be in 100 episodes? Yeah. You can tell us these things. And where can they do that, Simone? They can talk to us on Facebook or Instagram at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes MP. They can email us at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast at gmail.com. Come hang out with us on the Robots Radio Discord. We have some really exciting stuff coming up for our birthday. Mm-hmm. And we would love for you guys to be a part of it. That would be amazing, yes. And as we say at the end of every episode, we love, we love you, you and there's nothing you can do about it. Bye!